it's a Saturday morning rewatch where we rewatch old cartoons. That was extra. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kelly. Yay, we're doing this show again. I'm excited. <laughs> this week, we watched Beast Wars. Well, Transformers Beast Wars. It's very important that everybody know it's Transformers. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it is another one that has a very, like, just sounds uh, opening, but we can try. And it starts with... And then the guitars come in because 90s. And it goes... And then a guy in the background with a chorus goes... Beast Wars! And then it goes... And then there's a lot of drums, and then eventually the guitar comes back and it goes. And then it ends with Beast Wars. That's amazing. So that's the theme song. <laughs> that was a really good rendition of the song. <laughs> it's really hard to do it as one person when we get into like layered synth openings. <laughs> I don't know why you can't imitate multiple guitars. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> this is why Kelly does the song for us. She's very talented. So, hey everybody, just a quick heads up. This one's weird, alright? <laughs> we actually made a decision early on, like way before we even started recording the show, that we were going to do two episodes, and these episodes are going to concern what I made up a word for. I'm calling them, like influence cartoons which is to say they're cartoons that stuck with us from childhood to adult that very much made us love the medium love whatever property they're about and they're essentially things that like me and jess cannot just say oh it was good about that's true <laughs> it's part of like these two cartoons are things that really sent us down the journey of being like oh cartooning is like such a wonderful interesting unique and strange medium and we love it very much and i don't care what you think about it i love this thing very much so right off the top hey jess would you rate these words for me please uh yeah it is the best thing i've ever watched <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I love it with my whole heart, and anybody who doesn't like it can fight me. <laughs> <laughs> so I give Beast Wars um, out of 10. I'm going to give it, uh, let's say, two megacycles out of 10, Aww. I think. <laughs> Transformers Beast Wars. If you liked it as a kid, go watch it as an adult. It's fucking wild. If you love how wild cartoons can be, go watch it. And now we're just going to talk about it. So it's, this episode is going to be very spoilery. We're not going to so much talk about like how it could be more diverse or what we would change about it. This is going to be very much me asking Jess questions that lead to her geeking out about her favorite cartoon. Oh, God. <laughs> and then scary. just spoiler alert again, uh, the next one after this will be my version of this. So, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. We're spoiling it. Like, so if you actually want to rewatch it, go stop. Yeah, now. if you haven't seen it and you want to, go watch it first and then listen to this. Because yeah. there are, like, legit spoilers for Beast Wars. Yeah. In a way that isn't true for, like, G1 Transformers. <laughs> yeah. And just for, like, a lot of different cartoons. Like, a lot yeah. of cartoons, you could talk about a singular episode and there's no such thing as a spoiler 
because they're all a little bit different. Right. This bitch has plot. Who has a plot? <laughs> so like I'm gonna lot. do the I'm gonna do the summary <laughs> intro setup first, and then we will get into like whatever Kelly wants to ask me. <laughs> yes. So this is just you know to get heads up. This one's weird, guys. Hope you stick around or just go watch Beast Wars. It's great. You'll make Jess happy. I will be happy. Excellent. Okay. So the summary, I cannot actually summarize Beast Wars, it's impossible, but to introduce you to the show, Beast Wars ran from 1996 until 1999. It is extremely of that moment. It includes three seasons and 52 episodes, and it was produced by the Canadian-American company Mainframe, which did also make Reboot, which I think we mentioned in the last episode. It is one of the first fully computer-animated cartoons, which makes it, like, revolutionary of its time, but difficult to watch now (laughs) yeah beast wars is the first like not japanese spinoff series from generation one transformers and adds significantly to the franchise's lore one of its most notable and enduring contributions is the introduction of the spark which is cybertronian life force and soul equivalents and additionally of course beast wars introduces what will become known as techno organics which are Cybertronians with animal forms. Uh, That sticks around. (laughs) Beast Wars involves some time travel, so hold on for this. (laughs) Some. Some time travel. Just, you know, some. The characters characters are from 300 years in the future of Generation 1, after the end of the Great War. They are Maximals and Predacons, who are the descendants of the Autobots and Decepticons, respectively, following what's known as the Great Upgrade, which made the Transformers smaller and more fuel efficient. So they're only like two to three times the size of humans instead of (laughs) building size. (laughs) The show begins with a rogue criminal Predacon who is calling himself Megatron. After that Megatron, stealing a golden disc from Cybertron, along with a transwarp-capable ship named the Dark Side, which <laughs> I love, and an exploration ship named the Axelon, which is captained by Optimus Primal, is ordered to pursue. They both go through a time-space portal to an unknown location. They shoot each other down, and they crash onto an unknown planet. They don't know where or when they are, but they quickly learn that there's a lot of raw energon on this planet, and Megatron wants it so that he can restart the war on Cybertron. However, because the energon is not refined, it causes energy surges in the Transformers, so they must take on organic alternate forms in order to shield themselves so they all become animals. (laughs) The core characters on the Maximal side are Optimus Primal, Cheetor, Rattrap, Rhinox, and soon Dinobots. Uh, and on the Predacon side, there's Megatron, Tarantulus, Waspinator, Scorponok, and Pterosaur. These characters change a lot. Yes. Uh, because as the Axelon falls out of the sky, it releases a bunch of stasis pods into orbit, and these pods regularly fall down so that we can introduce new characters slash toys. <laughs> because never forget, Transformers is about selling toys. <laughs> yes, fully. So I can't really summarize the entire show, but again, spoilers, eventually they figure out, one, that this planet is an alien experiment and that the aliens, the Vok, are creepy as fuck. Yes. And two, that the planet actually is Earth about a million years before 1984 when Generation 1 takes place. So they're from the future, they have fallen into the past, and now... This just leads to a lot of timeline shenanigans as Megatron makes multiple attempts to destroy the timeline so that Autobots don't win the Great War and therefore Maximals never exist. And Optimus Primal tries very hard to stop him and preserve the timeline. Yes. Good job. 
that's my summary. <laughs> that's that honestly having, and I should say, I watched all of this show. This <laughs> I made Kelly do a lot of work. <laughs> you did not make me do anything. You wrote out a lovely primer, which I'm I'm trying to decide if we should put online for other people. So we'll decide <laughs> that later. You made a lovely primer for season one. And I said, I don't need that. I'm just going to watch the whole show. And you said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And then later, after I finished, I went, oh, God, I have watched all of Beast Wars. And you said, I feel like I'm winning. I don't know at what, but I'm winning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if that summary sounded um, a little bonkers, that's because that's what this show is. It was nothing compared to the show. <laughs> yeah, this show is 1000% bonkers, and I loved it for it. This show swung for the fences in terms of Transformers stuff in every way imaginable. <laughs> like, in terms of lore, in terms of the characters, in terms of its awareness, like, the moments where they break the fourth wall or just break each other or just make dumb jokes. It's so all over the place. And then also as product, as a person who works in advertising watching this show, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) The amounts of things that are clearly someone on high said, we need a new toy. And somebody went, I fucking got you, bro. Like, (laughs) this show is wild. And, okay, I have this pet theory. It's the cars paradox, is what I call it. In some cartoon worlds, they don't answer questions, or the premise is enough to give you a lot of questions. So, like, this is born from the movie Cars. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. And a lot of it raises a lot of questions. Like, (laughs) are cars born, or are they built? You know? Like, who minds the gas that the cars consume? Are planes sentient? Are boats sentient? Which the universe, cars universe does answer, yes, all vehicles are sentient. <laughs> but then, okay, are buildings sentient? Like, what? Are, it's all of these questions. Cars intrinsically does not want to answer its own questions. Some shows are like cars, where there are many questions raised by the very existence of this show. Transformers Beast Wars is like that. There's so many questions, even just from the beginning, where you're like, why are they animals? How could they become animals? (laughs) How do they get there? Who is that? Transformers Beast Wars tries to answer every (laughs) single question you have. Every single one. Yeah, and some that you didn't have. Many that you did not even need to know. You guys, do you know about the Transformers religion? Because I do now. I do now. (laughs) These words told me about it. (laughs) So, yeah. And, like, it's so wild. At the end of the show, Optimus and Megatron quote Transformers scripture at each other while fighting. That is a real thing that happens in this show. Um, yeah. So Transformers is on the other end of the car scale. <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely a moment. I don't remember what you said, but I was like, wait, I have to explain some stuff about religion. Yes. <laughs> and you were like, what? What do you mean? Yes. I th- Oh, I know what it was. I asked you why is Optimus leading everybody? And you're like, well, he's kind of a priest. And I was like, what? <laughs> you were like, well, he bears the spark of leadership, which makes him kind of like a priest or a prophet. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, let's what? go back. <laughs> go back. There's so much more. Yeah. So 
The way that this is going to work, this conversation is going to work, is you, the listener, I hope you enjoy just having us be bonkers about this. There's no, like, that summary just just read, if it makes you feel crazy, that's what Transformers Beast Wars do. It makes you feel crazy. At one point, my wife asked me, wait, are there space cops? And I said, not really, but kind of, <laughs> because they came from Cybertron. And <laughs> Rachel's like, how did the, the cops get there? It's like, well, okay, so, but you need to understand that Megatron <laughs> is going against the will of the council. I'm <laughs> and Rachel's like, dying. wait, there's a council? And I was like, yeah, okay, so after the Great War. <laughs> there are two councils, because yes! there is a Maximal Council and yes! the Tripedicus. Predacon Council. Exactly, and the Predacon Council does not actually like what Megatron is doing. So, like, Megatron in Beast Wars is a rogue agent. And Wraith is like, wait, what? But didn't you say they were back in time? I was like, yes. So how did they get there? Okay, well, explosion in space sent out a radio. <laughs> it's just, there's, I have all the answers to the questions now. <laughs> they don't make you feel any better. They make you feel more wild, and I love the show for that. <laughs> Oh, I God. genuinely do. So I have one question up the top for you, Jess. And then we're going to break this into four categories. And then I'm going to bookend it with one more question. Okay. So just so everyone knows the structure is one question, categories. I don't know the questions that Kelly's going to ask me. I know. it's a, the, the They're very tame. And then the categories are going to get stupid. Okay. <laughs> you can do The whatever. four categories that we're just going to talk about are lore, characters, wackiness, and shipping. Okay. Those are the four characters we're just going to chat about. Love that. The first question is, what initially attracted you to Beast Wars? Like, as a kid? Was it just on and you were like, this seems fun? <laughs> like, it was on in the morning before school. Okay. And it's one million times more interesting than Johnny Quest. <laughs> <laughs> so... It had a lot going for it in that regard. We fully established that Johnny Quest is racist, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it may, I mean, at some point it was probably even the new Johnny Quest, but that's still just like, okay. I like think it's, it's good enough, but it's no Beast Wars. I love it. Okay, cool. So that was a big pro. And then, like, for a long time we watched it, and I didn't even realize that there was so much overarching plot, because you know they used to show like random episodes of cartoons they weren't in order yeah mm -hmm. uh, so unless you're catching like every episode on a particular run through you would just be like this is just a show i watch it doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. so it wasn't until we got a little bit older and i think for a minute it may have been on toonami yes i think it was yeah. too okay it was on toonami and they showed things in order yes uh, so awesome. at that point, my brother and I were like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's depth here. They are telling us a story mm -hmm. where things from one season matter in the next season. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Quite a bit. <laughs> which not a lot of cartoons put in the effort to do that. Mm -hmm. We also liked, we liked a lot of the characters. Yeah. My brother and I like different characters, but across the board, they have, like, some of them have resemblances to other G1 Transformers, but there's also that just, like, 90s dickishness in a lot of them. Yes, <laughs> like, very much so. <laughs> yeah, which I appreciate a lot. We will definitely talk more about Dinobot, but I yes. have for my entire life had a soft spot for a morally gray character. <laughs> so, he got me right away. <laughs> Knowing you, I'm just like, ah, yes, this tracks. This yeah. makes 1,000% yeah. sense. So... 
That was an easy sell for me. I don't even know... I've never... Like, I always loved the morally gray character, but he's probably one of the earliest ones where I, like, understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, was tracking the story myself. Mm-hmm. I got you. <laughs> Love it. Okay. That's some of the stuff that got me pretty much immediately. Okay. Well, that's really nice. I like that a lot. Did you and your brother, like, share any favorite characters? That's a good question. Uh, my brother really liked uh, Scorpionok, Inferno, and Tarantulas. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, he goes on that end of it. But I have to say, I don't know if I can say that I, I like Tarantulas, but I can say that I respect him as a character. <laughs> like, Tarantulas is fucked up. <laughs> like, very. Oh, my God, very. Wow. Wow, you made mm-hmm. this character. That's like he's an amazing villain. Yeah. He's an amazing mad scientist. <laughs> yeah. And he always has 17 plans. 17. He's very much a plan on plan on plan person, which I do like. Which is great because Megatron is also a plan on plan on plan person. And so you have two villains who are both all the time plotting and often against each other as well as the mm-hmm. maximal so it's just layers of nonsense <laughs> happening at any given moment <laughs> i do love that the megatron always has like plan h is what is uh, tarantula's up to <laughs> like yeah. just, that's so often he's just like well i don't know what's going on let's see what the spider is up to yep. and very often like tarantula's is up to something he's like oh good perfect i want that too i knew like, you were gonna be doing something useful <laughs> I will take it now. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. I mean, honestly, uh, Tarantula's plotting is a deus ex machina in the end of the show. It's a deus ex machina like three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's how Optimus survives the planet blaster. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. Oh, man. Okay, so that was my initial question, okay. which is great. So now we're just going to hop into the first category, which is lore. Which is to say, y'all, <laughs> there's so much stupid plot in this show and i don't mean stupid like i'm mad at it i'm saying that the plot is bonkers yeah (laughs) like okay i have written down a couple things and just like big notes one of which is i I think i messaged you this and you launched into something else and i want other people to know about it i have in all caps transformers dream (laughs) oh yeah that was part of what got us into religion (laughs) <laughs> yes, because I messaged you being like, Cheetor has a lot of bad dreams. And I just need you to tell the world what you told me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I actually am going to go find it real quick. In our chat, yeah. Okay, while you do that, I will mention some other things. <laughs> Which is, this show uh, takes the opposite of the butterfly effect for its time travel because they fuck up so much shit, y'all. They fuck up so much shit. They take other people's souls, like yep. transformer souls, yep. and they just put them back. And it's like, that's fine. They break the planet apart a couple different times and everybody's like, hmm, look at that, that's fine. Like, they fucking try to teach proto-humans how to use tools. They do. What the- and everybody's like, this is fine, this is all chill with the time. It turns out that they were kind of maybe supposed to be there, but you know, whatever. Or like maybe the timeline we know is just the one that resulted from them being there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Did you find it? I did. I did. So okay. you said, I feel like Cheetor has the most nightmares. And I said, yeah, he's a little bit psychic. 
which is sort of a precedent among Transformers, but then we can get into Cybertronian religion, and you were like, what? <laughs> I'm mad that that sentence made sense to me, and then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna write you an essay on <laughs> Cybertronian religion. <laughs> yes, please. Share with the class. Oh, you want no, I want you to share the essay with the class. Okay, I'll just read what Please. I wrote because it, it was an okay summary. Also, I just need everyone to know, this is not me shaming Jess. I'm delighted. I was <laughs> delighted when you sent me this essay. I am delighted to hear it again. And if you aren't delighted by it, just wait till we put out another episode. Okay. So, okay, so religion is in Transformers varies a little bit from series to series, but basically Cybertron the planet is also Primus the creator, who is kind of a god, but kind of just like the original Transformer. And when Transformers die, their sparks can return to what is either, it's called the Matrix in Beast Wars, but it's often called the Well of All Sparks in other series. Um, mm -hmm. Primes, like Optimus Prime in G1, carry something called the Matrix of Leadership, which kind of makes them like a Pope or a Moses because they receive guidance directly from Primus. And sometimes that includes visions. Uh, sometimes other Transformers like Rhinox or Cheetor sort of brush up against this collective consciousness and that makes them have visions. <laughs> Uh, as a side note, Unicron, who also does appear in Beast Wars, is the Destroyer God, and sometimes Megatron makes poor choices regarding Unicron. So yeah, that's sort of a very brief summary of religion in yes. Transformers. <laughs> that is how much plot we're talking about. Yeah, I was really <laughs> glad that we watched Generation 1 first, because I had kind mm -hmm. of forgotten how entangled Beast Wars gets with the G1 line. Yeah. Also, we should say, like, it, with Entangled, that's a nice way to say it. They find them. Uh -huh, like, yeah. mm -hmm. in the original Transformers, like, the OG one, they crash on Earth, and they do just a fucking smash cut of Earth, like, having plants, having dinosaurs, getting the Ice Age, having people, building cities. Literally, the idea that Transformers were just in power save mode as all of that happens. So Beast Wars essentially says, while all that was happening... That's when Beast Wars happen. At one point, both Megatron and Optimus hold the soul of their G1 counterparts in their bodies. <laughs> they have two souls for a minute. <laughs> so, like, this isn't so much of an entanglement as it is kicks down the door, sits on you, and demands to eat dinner with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, yeah, which is another thing that I love in terms of Transformers lore, and I wanted to know what you thought about that, is, like, I feel like with a show called Transformers, in all its iterations, this show has the most transforming of characters. Like, Optimus Prime changes his look, like, four times. Yeah, he does it so much that, as you noted, Rat Trap actually makes a joke about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rat Trap at one point during the final time Optimus changes says, man, he sure does learn a new body fast. Yeah. There's so much transforming there is, in this one. There like is. literal changing of bodies. So I was thinking while I was writing my notes earlier that like this show kind of finds like the ideal setup for changing its toy line. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they insert an automatic way to introduce regular new characters. Yes, which I love. Yeah, it was, I genuinely love it as a plot device. Yeah, I didn't really think about it as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, that's genius. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. trying to sell toys? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 
Which you mentioned it offhand, but to be clear, the ship that Optimus was piloting when he was commanded to go after Megatron had a bunch of pods with, like, proto-transformers in them. You know, it's just transformers that hadn't fully decided what they were going to transform into. And in chasing Megatron, he jettisoned them into space to orbit around the planet. So there is an unspecified number of unformed transformers hovering above Earth that could crash at any moment to introduce new characters, to create new storyline, to help other characters kill characters, to become more of one. It's wild what they do with this, and I love it. But anyway, continue. (laughs) Yes, they can come at any time, which is very convenient for the toy lines. And in addition to that, the characters themselves also, some of them go through upgrades. Uh, They get reformatted. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. By a couple of different events that take place, so you can transmetal. Yeah, you can become a transmetal and then a transmetal two, uh, or you can get reformatted by the spark of your ancestor. That sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> kind that of happened shit. to Optimus and Megatron when they held two souls. Yeah, because of course a regular body can't just hold two souls. No, got to make a new no, one. No, no. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you get to keep a character. You don't have to kill the character in order to redesign the toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were right. Like, whoever was doing the toy lines for this genius. <laughs> yeah, because the whole thing is, like, I think, to begin with, the idea that the characters landed on Earth, they can't be in just their robot bodies, so they scan for life forms and then become animals. First of all, genius. Love it. Great. Every kid loves animals. Every kid loves robots. Smash them oh, together. I wanted to tell you... Uh, about the gatekeepers. <laughs> oh, yes, please Okay, do. yeah, so, you know, as as in all things, when you make something new within a franchise, the people who came mm-hmm. before get mad because you're changing mm-hmm. it. So, of course, when Beast Wars was first coming out, the original Transformers fans were mad about the fact that giant alien robots were going to turn into animals instead of cars. <laughs> <laughs> Like, every time I read this, I'm like, do you know how bananas this all is? Like, <laughs> you draw the line at turning into animals? Yes, you can't. You can't be animals and or cars. It must be cars. Only cars. Only cars. And then I'm like, did you even watch G1? We already talked about the fact they turn into all kinds of shit. Yeah, they do whatever they want. There's a guy that's a tape. That's not a car. He's a fucking tape. Shut up. A ri- OG Megatron is a gun. Come on. He's not a car. He's a gun. That must be fired by someone else. No, I think Beast Wars was probably developed by someone who saw Ravage and knew that Ravage was the coolest character in G1. Yes. Uh, and was like, you know what? There's no reason we can't do animals. <laughs> I applaud that decision. It was brilliant. And they obviously, yes. obviously knew what the coolest animals in the late 90s were because they have a cheetah, mm-hmm. a white tiger, a mm-hmm. velociraptor, a T Rex, a falcon, mm-hmm. the manta ray. Like, they knew exactly what animals oh. to pick. <laughs> What a disappointment Death Charge <laughs> so was. We're not talking about characters yet, so I'm going to wait. But, like, oof, I was mad at him. <laughs> yeah, no, Death Charge is a really negative take on Batman, I have to say. He is, but we're not in characters yet. We're still talking about lore. And the thing that I also love, again, with the Cars paradox, right? So you're like, okay, it's robots that turns into animals. Do they feel animal stuff? Transformers answers you with an emphatic... Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. Because they eat 
as animals sometimes. It's clear they don't have to, but they do it for funsies. They have multiple episodes about certain Transformers' connection with the land because of being animals. There are some of them that are more like more like their animal half messed up the circuits. In their like uh, Inferno, he refuses to call Megatron Megatron because he was a fire ant and his programming got messed up. So he refers to Megatron as the royalty and where they live as the colony. Like they have an entire episode where everybody on the maximal side has to give in to their beast side in order to fight because they got blinded and they can't turn into robots. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> not only do they say, oh, Transformers, they could be animals. They go, oh yeah, and that whole thing, it's fully connected. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I love. So what's your favorite stupid lore thing that Beast Wars makes up? And I know that's going to be really hard for you to answer. God, that is really hard. Because you me like answer. a lot of it, which I love. <laughs> I'm trying to think what... It's weird for me because I'm I was really originally much more familiar with Beast Wars than I was with G One. So I didn't even realize how much Beast Wars was introducing until like way later. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I mean now it doesn't have to be as a kid. I know, but I, I'm trying to think about what it is. I mean I love uh, Sparks is obviously brilliant. Sparks mm -hmm. go on to get used all over the place and they're a great idea. Um you you stumped me. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I mean, I love the lore that Transformers can, if they're big enough and bad enough, can hold two sparks. That's, yeah, pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is lore, but I mm -hmm. really love, I love that they, these characters exist within the lore of the Great War, um, mm -hmm. and that they mm -hmm. refer to it regularly. The fact that, mm -hmm. like, Megatron took his name from the other Megatron. Like, he purposefully named himself after Megatron. Yeah. Tells you so mm -hmm. much about that character. <laughs> Truly, it's like if somebody walked up to you today and was like, my name is Alexander, like Alexander the Great, and you'd be like, okay, <laughs> okay. let me leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. I love the Starscream spark comes. I think that mm -hmm. lore is established before Beast Wars. I think Starscream is ghost. Already? I think they do solidify it, though, because at one point uh, when they're talking about Experiment X or Weapon X, whatever he's called, before he's called... Uh, Protoform X. Protoform X, yes. They say that they were attempting to make an eternal spark, yeah. like Starscream. Mm -hmm. So they fully solidify the fact that, like, Starscream is a Transformer soul that returns j every other generation or so. Back. Yeah, you can't get rid of yep. it. Of course you can't get rid of Starscream. <laughs> And he even comes into Transformers Beast Wars yeah. and takes over Waspinator for a little while. I love that episode. Mm -hmm. So good. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rampage actually is pretty great lore by himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, Autobots do some fucked up shit anyway, but this really sort of solidifies the trend of the supposed good guys doing some pretty questionable things especially in yes. science uh that's mm -hmm. true later as well mm -hmm. it's sort of subtle kind of throughout but you definitely get the impression that like the maximals may not be as like equitable as perhaps yes they claim to be because there are like the mm -hmm. predacons make multiple references to the fact that like they do not find the existence on cybertron to be fair <laughs> yeah oh no they're very upset yeah uh 
about how they were essentially conquered yes. in the Great War. Yes. And that's what they make it sound like. It's not so much that, like, the Optimus Primal, and I'll talk about how they won the Great War, but right. Megatron and everything are talking about how they are second-class citizens exactly. on Cybertron. And maybe you don't want to take Megatron's word for that, but, like, it yeah. seems to hold up in the other stuff you see, and also Dinobot sort of echoes it, and you're like, hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what's it really like on Cybertron? Uh, we never get, like, a really direct look at that in Beast Wars, but there's enough like background storytelling that you're like oh there's some sketchy mm-hmm. shit going on yeah and we should explain what protoform x becomes like okay half the reason i find him so interesting in beast wars is not only is it they were trying to make a soul for war which whoa guys hold <laughs> up. Yeah. not a good idea even if originally they were trying to make a good guy soul and what they ended up making was someone who is for lack of a better term, crazy with bloodlust. Oh, yeah. Like, just a constant state of, I would like to fight and murder and upset and hurt and harm everyone in my vicinity. This is a children's <laughs> show with an mm-hmm. actual psychopath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's nuts. And, and again, I don't mean to be uh, derogatory to people with mental illness. I mean to say that this Transformer is just off the deep end of violent. <laughs> His initial act of violence is to wipe out a colony. Yes. And then he doesn't just like to kill people. He enjoys their literal pain and suffering. He says multiple times, the song of your pain is a delight to me. Like, multiple times. And it's like, let's make you sing some more. Like, fully (laughs) just like, this is very Dexter, Hannibal, like your classic kind of serial killer shit. And... Megatron's answer oh to my this God. <laughs> was when the the Maximals knock out uh, Rampage to def- and then kind of like limp home to to recuperate and figure out what to do about his existence. Megatron sneaks up, cuts open his chest with a special knife, takes his soul, his unkillable soul, out of his chest and puts it. In essentially a cage with knives. And when Rampage wakes up and is like, oh, hey, I would like to kill you as well. Megatron's like, no, I don't think so. And just squeezes the knives into his soul, which hurts the body of Rampage, who then, in order to get Megatron to stop torturing him, agrees to work with Megatron as a grunt, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, that's a good uh, summary of Rampage. Um, the crab, who they refer to as Crab Kings regularly, and I love that. All the time. <laughs> and at first, I didn't... His body is so wacky for Transform. Like, we're so into the Transformers not looking like real animals at that point, because, like... Once we start getting into trans metals, they don't they don't look like animals anymore. They look wild, y'all. Um, his body was so oh all over the place for me. I could not recognize what animal it was actually supposed to be until they started calling him crab cakes. <laughs> and then I was also like, as someone who is from Maryland, the rage and the way crabs will eat anything, including other crabs. Right? I was like, oh, that makes sense right? as an animal for <laughs> totally this guy. Tracks. You're like, oh god. <laughs> That's why we eat them. Like crab. Yeah, you wouldn't think it makes sense until you know a lot about crabs. It's true, it's true. But no, yeah, Rampage is horrifying. 
He's not the mm-hmm. only character who's horrifying, but... <laughs> no, because another piece of lore that they... Ha- I don't know if it's introduced in this show, but it is used a lot in this show, is psychological torture? Oh, God. Oh, God. Like, yeah. No, that's definitely Yeah, true. like, there's a lot of psychological torture and Transformers body horror yeah. in yeah. this show. <laughs> that, uh... Well, I think in G1 we sort of... Like, Soundwave can do all sorts of weird shit to you. But mm-hmm. it's G1, so it doesn't really feel very terrifying until, like, you really sit down yes. and think about what just happened. Uh, in Beast Wars, mm-hmm. they know it's horrifying, and they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, it's like someone after a war saying, Hey, pals, you want to do war crimes? Yeah. Like- Tarantulas <laughs> is made of war crimes. Yeah, tar- you said a little while ago that Tarantula should come with a content warning, and <laughs> yeah. I really the, think Like, the third it. episode of the show is called The Web, and Cheetor gets kidnapped by Tarantulas because he's a dummy. Mm-hmm. And All the time. Tarantulas, we discover, is a cannibal. Like, the yep. other Transformers are like, gross, that's gross, you're mm-hmm. gross, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Fully. <laughs> And he, like, eats animals out of pleasure, which is not something the other ones do. Like, they will occasionally, like, Rhinox eats plants, and nobody cares about that. And Tigertron hunts animals, uh, like, a little bit, but I don't think Tigertron even kills anything, because he's like, I'm a pacifist. (laughs) Yeah, he had his tiger buddy, so I think he did, like, bonding exercises where he hunted with his tiger buddy, but mostly to be like, hey, look, there's prey. Ah, the circle of nature. As, like, his tiger friend is like, I'm gonna hunt and eat. And he's like, cool. That's fine. That's nature. I get it. He's very crunchy. He was (laughs) role-playing. But, (laughs) yeah, generally they don't, and they certainly aren't cannibals, so Tarantulas is fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, Tarantulas eats because he likes it. (laughs) (laughs) They start that, like, right right away. Oh, yeah. There's an entire plot point about the, and I say plot point, as in, this is in at least seven episodes, uh, that Tarantulas, first of all, created Black Arachnia, which is one of the two women in the show. Or, like, women-coded characters in the show. They use she pronouns. They did, thank you, that's (laughs) the nicest way to say it, that uses she pronouns in this show. Um, and he clearly created her to sort of act as a mate to him, but she does not like him. She doesn't like that, because why would you? (laughs) Yeah, so he's always just like, I created you, witch. And she's like, I'll still kill you. (laughs) I will kill us both if you touch me. (laughs) She says those exact (laughs) words at one point because Tarantulas does a mind probe on her and, like, puts some of himself in her programming and makes it so he can continually access her brain and hurt her if she doesn't do what he says. And fucking uh, Black Arachnia figures out, like, oh, wait, it goes both ways. So she begins to hurt herself in order to hurt him. And he's like, stop it. And she's like, you stop it. I will never stop hurting myself unless you get out of my head. And it almost doesn't work. Almost doesn't work, but it does work. It does work. And then very, very later on, Black Arachnia has switched sides to the Maximals because there has to be someone with she pronouns on the good guy's (laughs) side. (laughs) That seems to be the only reason she's really there. Like, story-wise, there's lots of reasons she's there, but, like, when you're really looking at it, you're like, 
I would say, okay. aside from Silver Bolt, <laughs> she is smart enough to recognize that Megatron is batshit crazy at that point. In, in Truly, her, he is yeah. going very wild. Uh, she's like, uh, <laughs> um, I will also die if you succeed, so I'm not really down for that. Exactly. So um, she asks them to try to revert her programming because when the pods fall, the, the pods that are circling the Earth that introduce new characters at any point, when they fall to the ground, essentially whoever gets to them first gets a new teammate. Yep. It's literally a scramble yeah, every which time. Which is really exciting. So <laughs> she, it is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great. It's the biggest adrenaline rush. Um, so the Predacons get to her first and change her programming. So when she's with the Maximals, she kind of wants her programming to change eventually because of a lot of other things There's that happen. Yeah. yeah, and essentially Rhinox has to go in and do an, an operation on what is essentially her brain. And they find out that Tarantulas put bombs in there. Her. So if you tr- he's, Yeah, he's so if you try to the programming that makes her a bad guy, he will blow up her brain and it, like, literally cause brain death. And he almost does it for a second. <laughs> I, I would like to know that that episode is written by DC Fontana, who I love very much mm-hmm. because she wrote many Star Trek episodes. Oh, see, okay. As I was watching Beast Wars, I was like, I feel like some of this plot actually makes you more susceptible to liking any of the Star Trek. And I was right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think she wrote any of the other ones, but she did write that episode, which I thought was mm-hmm. really great because that means they had a woman writer for an episode that was very female character centered. Yes. Which isn't yes. common in Transformers. So <laughs> That's true. Yeah. The a lot of the episodes are very male centered because there's lots of bots that use male pronouns and they're only ever two female pronoun using yeah, characters. There's only two female pronoun using characters and Black Arachnia is the only one who really gets her own plots. Yes. Because uh the other one who is uh, Air Razor, thank you. I was about to say Razor Beak, and that's not it. <laughs> I'm always, like, so close. Laser Beak is Soundwave's bird. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Air Razor is the other one, and she essentially appears, flies around a lot, falls in love with Tigertron, gets kidnapped with Tigertron, and then fuses with Tigertron in both body and soul, is never to be heard of again, because the voice that comes out of the fusion is just Tigertron. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was a really And I uh, hated it. That was a really awkward moment. <laughs> yeah. Where I feel like mm-hmm. like for a hot second it was kind of both. And then somebody in TV production was like, What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, they were like, You cannot have one that is two people like that. No. Nope. Just just make it the tiger <laughs> yeah. one. It's fine. Tigers are cooler than birds. Yeah. Like <laughs> You said that they knew which animals were cool, and someone truly decided tigers were cooler than birds because, like, overall. Well, they gave him. They, it's a tiger. It's a tiger with wings, and I, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Well, I mean, they already had the wolf with wings yep, and yeah, silver bolt, yeah, so that's true. Yeah, but I think that that brings me now into my next category of stuff to just let you talk about, which is characters. And the first question there is, Hey Jess, tell me about your three favorite oh, characters. Yeah. Okay, go. Well, Okay. Hands down, Dinobot is the love of my life. I cannot say otherwise. Like, if I said anything else, it would be lying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also, I think the next two for me are gonna be Rattrap and Megatron, and I don't even really want to order them. 
That's fine. You don't have to order them. I'm just saying top three. They're all just jumbling around in there. Okay, yeah. It's hard because I do like a lot of the other characters, but Beast Wars Megatron is a phenomenal Megatron. Yes, he is. So he's played by, he's, he's voiced by David Kay, who actually later will play Optimus Prime in Transformers Animated, and he does a great job there too. Oh. Um, it's actually really funny because he's such an evil Megatron and then like such a good Optimus Prime, and I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of wonderful. I love that. He's such a like noble guy. You're like, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as Megatron, he has so many wonderful lines. Everything, I mean, <laughs> Black Arachnia at one point is like, why are you always talking to yourself? And he's like, because there's no one here to have good conversations with. Yes. It's <laughs> like, you're amazing. You burn everyone so hard all the time. <laughs> the shade you cast is exquisite. Mm-hmm. And also, his character arc is fantastic as a villain too because he goes from this rogue pirate who really wants to like restore the glory of the Predacons and the Decepticons mm-hmm. to this batshit crazy power hungry person who thinks he's a god yes. <laughs> like, truly he does he truly thinks he's a god he's quoting scripture and he's rewriting a timeline yeah, so things mm-hmm. really go sideways for him over the course of the show <laughs> yes yes and it's kind of a, like it's a slow change that characters only kind of slowly comment on throughout. They're like, huh, you're getting weirder. Let's end mm-hmm. the move. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to Dinobot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the audience who is not aware, Dinobot begins his uh, life in the show as part of the Predacons, but then switches allegiances because he pulls the OG uh, Starscream of I would like to take like take ownership of the the crew it's, with you. It's clear that in, in Predacon and Decepticon uh, tradition, if you kill somebody, you get to take their place. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he wants to take over as leader. He does not win the fight. Uh, he leaves to say, well, I'll just take over the Maximals then because they probably suck. And instead uh, finds the honor of Optimus incredibly compelling and he decides to just Stay with the Maximals because of that. It's really interesting because for like five or six episodes, he doesn't he doesn't make any commitments. He's just like, yeah, he just I hangs guess out. I'll be here until you die, and then I'll take over. Which he repeatedly suggests. Mm-hmm. Like every time Optimus is maybe gone, he's like, I'm in charge, and everybody else is like, No, you're not. <laughs> but yeah, he is morally gray because of that so he's incredibly so even though he switches to the maximals he is pretty much always a predacon like he thinks like a predacon mm-hmm. in that like he he wants to kill everybody he's very violent he's much more violent all the time uh, his first like go-to thing is like why don't we attack them mm-hmm. and optimus is constantly like maybe because we don't want to get blown up like <laughs> there's probably a better approach we could take than charging the front door i'm just saying <laughs> Yes. He also gives a lot of insight into what Megatron is about yes. to do, because very often he's like, this will probably be a trap, and then it is a trap, and he's like, I fucking told you. So he's very useful <laughs> that way. So he's also, Decepticons and Predacons sort of fall into like the two camps of like dumb and loyal, mm-hmm. and smart and not. <laughs> yes. Dinobot is an interesting middle ground. He's very smart, but he... His loyalty can be won over, basically, from what I can tell, through competent mm-hmm. leadership. 
Yes, that's really what he's looking yeah. for. He his whole thing begins because he tells Megatron that he is unfit to lead, right. which by the end of the show you're like Dinobot was right. Was <laughs> absolutely correct. Yes. Um and yeah. in season 2, spoilers, when they land initially there are two moves, so they don't they don't know they're on yes. Earth. But at the end of season 1, one of the moons has exploded. <laughs> It is revealed to be a weapon. The second moon is a gun. <laughs> that's no moon. It's a planet buster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's not a reference to anything. You know, whatever. No. But <laughs> Dinobot, being the history buff that he is, realizes they are on Earth and goes to steal the golden mm-hmm. disc from Megatron. Succeeds in stealing the golden discs because nobody's home because chaos has happened. Yes. And he realizes, he doesn't tell anybody. <laughs> But he realizes yes. what Megatron's doing, which is that, yes, they are on Earth, and that means that with the Golden Discs, Megatron has the ability to change the timeline. Yes. Dinobot's core question is always, like, is my fate fixed, or do I have free will? Like, do my choices impact the future? Yes. And the Golden Discs and Megatron's plan offer him an opportunity to answer that question in an extremely concrete way. <laughs> like, in a mm-hmm. way that... Most of us never have. <laughs> yes. Because one of the golden discs is an alien relic, and the other golden disc is a Voyager probe disc, which has records of mm-hmm. Earth on it. It does. It also has secret records of OG Megatron. <laughs> it has secret records of Which Megatron. was so wild when they You didn't went know there. that, did you? <laughs> it's a no, laser OG disc. OG Megatron got into NASA <laughs> and was like, all right, this shiny thing you're sending out... I'm going to put some messages for the rest of the world, my people, on it. That's what I'm going to do. It's amazing. The lesson in sci-fi is always don't send probes into space. The aliens will find it. Truly. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) he figures out what Megatron's plan is and then rejoins the Predacons. Yep. For like an episode and a half. It's like, yeah, it is an episode and a half. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's pretty fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Because... He comes to the conclusion very quickly that Megatron is going to kill them all. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He figures out, oh, wait, if we destroy the timeline, we, we live, live in the in timeline. timeline. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I live here. Exactly. Like, you have no way of knowing what the consequences of messing this up are going to be, but it's probably not good. We shouldn't do it. Megatron mm-hmm. is like, you're thinking too small. <laughs> truly. Truly, truly. So Dinobot has betrayed the Maximals. The Maximals know it. Yep. And they're not really thrilled about it. He, so he's having sort of a weird... Uh, he can't really reintegrate after that. He feels pretty guilty. He's upset that he feels guilty. Yeah. Uh, because what kind of Predacon feels bad about betrayal, honestly? And that's just like, such a maximum. Yeah, he's like, that's what we do. That's breakfast, baby. <laughs> right. So he's really going through some shit. And uh, Ratchap and him have a fight in the hallway. It sucks. Which is... Oh, man. We haven't gotten to shipping yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> a fight it is a fight like you don't normally have that kind of fight in a cartoon Mm -hmm. like they say something they say the kinds of things that you have said to like your friend from high school (laughs) yeah when you were having your first big fight and you actually wanted to hurt someone like you were like i'm gonna hurt your feelings because you've hurt mine yeah and rashad walks off and dinobot is like he's not wrong (laughs) yeah dinobot's like he's right I hate that he's right. I hate it. I hate that. But he's right, mm-hmm. so I have to... Uh, his quote is, what's done cannot be undone, but I can mitigate it. 
Yeah, pretty much. And so then he low-key kind of sacrifices He himself. just goes Rambo. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I have to say, uh, Transformers Beast Wars is a show where no one actually dies. Like, you think they died. They just went somewhere else. They just kind of falling apart for a bit. With the except, with two, no, three are, exceptions. In the end, there are exceptions, but but there's one real serious death. <laughs> yeah, and it's honestly Dinobots. <laughs> like, he dies, and it's upsetting. From the beginning of the episode, they set it up as like, hey, we're about to tell you a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, you feel it coming, and I, as I watched that episode, I was like, they're not about to kill him. He's just going to get really, really hurt. Or he's going to introduce, a, he's going to go trans metal or something. Like, I was convinced <laughs> that it was just, I, I, as that episode began, I said out loud, oh, so Dinobot's getting a new toy? Like, that's what I said at yes, the beginning. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was so convinced. It was just like, oh, we're going to fake out that he died. And he didn't surprise, you know, but he literally dies. They burn his body. Yeah, they have a funeral. Mm-hmm. So I saw that episode and just like openly weeped as a child. <laughs> like, oh, no, I was baby like, you've broken my heart. <laughs> it will never be fixed. Because uh, I don't know how old I was when I first saw it. Interestingly, they did not air that on television much. I, they aired it like a few times mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, what are you showing the children? <laughs> <laughs> I love the one episode of upsetting um, yeah. when parents... Like, turn around and go, wait a second, what? Wait, what are you watching? Yeah, they told me, like, a deeply meaningful story about, like, a warrior who dies for good reason to save humanity. Yeah. Literally to save humanity. And that's the episode Mm -hmm. out of Beast Wars they thought they shouldn't air. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many moments. Okay, so yes, I understand Dinobot being your absolute favorite because, honestly, as that episode happened, it ended and I yelled down to Wraith, I was like, they killed him. <laughs> I'm mad that I feel a way about it. Like, I have feelings about this. Why? Because they did a good job. They did a very good job, honestly. He has a monologue. <laughs> he does. He does. He, and, okay, this is early spoilers for when we get to shipping. He dies holding Rat Trap's hand. And they trade insults in that way that you do after you and your best friend have fought and you're over it. And it becomes a joke. And it's incredibly heartbreaking. <laughs> it's so sad. It's, it's, it's literally like a married couple just being like, you like you were supposed to come back, you dumbass. And the other person goes, well, how could I come back to that face? You know, it was, exactly it was like so that. like, whoa. <laughs> and they were doing the most with that episode. And I love them yes. for it. They also tell so many jokes. So that brings us to Ratram, who mm-hmm. I also love because he's an asshole. He is an a- They make him sound like he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> he is just this, like, blue collar, probably a cop, like, <laughs> asshole. Oh I don't even see him fully as a cop. He feels like, like a fucking trucker to me. Yeah, like he's had, you know, he like had someone with every, a nine to five who's ready to leave and doesn't have a He has had book. every <laughs> for hire job that exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a sharpshooter. He disables their security system when it goes haywire. Like mm-hmm. he's a thief. Definitely a thief. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, 
collects parts of Predacons. It has a trophy yeah. case. <laughs> Honestly, I have to say, Rattrop is the most Predacon of the Maximals, because he is the one that is always, like, when they've, like, fought the Predacons, and the Predacons are leaving, he's like, why don't we finish this right here? And Optimus is like, we can't. We need to let them go. And he's like, why? They're just gonna come back and kill us tomorrow. Why don't we kill them today? <laughs> like- <laughs> he is the realist and the pragmatist of the group. Fully. When the show starts, he has no time for this shit. Not even a little Not bit. Not even a little. <laughs> Optimus gives him orders and he's like, why would I risk any part of myself for this group? <laughs> I don't want to be here. This is your fault. <laughs> yes. Yes. And really only like slowly comes around to the fact that like he kind of has to be on board or they're all going to die, which yep. is his tagline. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to die. And Optimus gets really Shut tired up, of it. He's like, did you please stop? And he's like, nah, when I'm just stating facts. Like, yep. I also love that Rattrap is the guy in the office that gives everyone slightly mean nicknames. Oh, yeah. Like, he would be the one that walk up and be like, hey, slow to meetings, what's up? You know, like, just, it doesn't hurt your feelings per se, but you're also a little bit like, hey. hey. That's like- a nice nickname. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, for example, Dinobot is often Dinobot. Yeah, Pussycat for uh, Cheetor. Fuzzball. Yeah. He doesn't actually fuck with Rhinox that mo- much. I think it's mostly because he knows Rhinox could absolutely destroy yes, him. Yes, and I think Rhinox and Rattrap knew each other before and are sort of friends. Mm-hmm, yeah. So they don't pick on each other that much. <laughs> no. Also, like, Rhinox has an entire episode dedicated to why no one fucks That's with true. Rhinox. <laughs> he has a couple, actually. There's probably at least two where you're like, yeah, this is why nobody fucks with Rhinox. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I, the one I'm thinking of is very early on um, Tarantulas, which yeah. again, <laughs> should come with a content warning, injects a virus into uh, Rhinox, turning off his like limitations and turning up his aggression, and then kidnaps oh, him. Oh yeah, they turn him into a Predacon. Yeah, and Optimus is like, oh cool, just leave him there. <laughs> and everyone's like, are we not gonna fucking rescue him? And he's like, nope, we're just gonna go stand on the outskirts of their base. And wait, and it's because Rhinox fucking overthrows Megatron and almost kills in like, like a couple hours. Three of the bots in a couple hours. No problem. And they fully are just like, give him the anti venom, get him the fuck out of here. And then Rhinox just happily comes trotting back, like, hey guys, I want to spell That has flowers. one of my favorite Megatron lines in it because Rhinox is standing on the like transformation platform gloating to Megatron, mm-hmm. who he assumes is defeated, about how amazing mm-hmm. Rhinox is, of course. And Megatron's line is, even now you're teaching me a valuable lesson. Sometimes Predacons gloat too much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then he switches them back. <laughs> yes, fully. So, Rattrap does not mix with Rhinox, but he messes with everyone else, essentially. Uh... I love that Rattrap is one of your favorite characters because I liked him a lot, even though very often I was very much like, shut up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's totally... But, he, I mean, he's the kind of person who knows he's annoying everyone else and is doing it anyway. Yeah, he's on purpose. Just like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I upset you, yeah, princess? Like, <laughs> so, yeah. I like that so many of the characters are smart and good at what they do. Uh, mm-hmm. Not all of them. <laughs> 
many of them though. Like Rhinox, for example, which then brings me into the next thing where I was like, let's just rapid fire takes on characters. So we did a little bit of Rhinox where we were like, nobody fucks with Rhinox because he knows what he's doing. By the time Rhinox draws his weapons, you are in some trouble. Yes. Or Rhinox is in trouble. Things have (laughs) one of the two. Yeah. Because he sets up, like, the defense systems and everything, so he's he is always just, like, ready, unless someone else has fucked up. That's true. He's the engineer. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great thing to have when you're a robot. <laughs> exactly. He helps... He also heals people in weird ways. Like, he was the one that went and pulled Optimus's spark back after Optimus blew up one yes. side. Uh, because I guess if you're a robot engineer, that also makes you, like, some kind of... I don't know, religious <laughs> Buddha? I like, guess. I guess. It, it feels akin to saying, like, if you're a doctor, you're also a therapist. <laughs> like, it is kind of weird, but he occupies all of those roles. Yeah, so he's cool, but okay. And this is why it has to be quick, because I know we would yell for hours. Cheetor. Uh, Annoying. Cheetor is the Bumblebee stand-in, and I don't like him. I like Bumblebee better because Cheetor is essentially a teenage boy self-insert and he just never stops being that even when he gets his weird transmetal primal form where he becomes kind of like a werecat which is weird yeah it gets worse because then he's pervy it's gross yeah it's really gross so like Cheetor is every bad thing about teenage boys the only reason that I can deal with it is because the show knows it Mm -hmm. and they make fun of him all the time. Yeah, he very often goes off half cocked and ends up in a ton, ton of, of trouble. trouble. Eventually, he uh, gets rocket boosters and like he just flies yes. into things all the time. Truly, it's bad really at bad. It. They make jokes about like I thought cats were supposed to land on their feet. <laughs> yes, and he very often he does not. <laughs> on that note, uh, who Cheetor refers to as Big Cat, which is Tigertron, and Tigertron is my second biggest Aww. disappointment. I was so excited when Tigertron came out because he came out of his pod early and knew he was a Maximal, but, like, no one was there when he came out. So he kept his Maximal programming, but was also a little too, like, connected to his beast form. So he just wants to be in nature all the time. And I was like, this guy is cool. And then they make him incredibly sanctimonious. He's not really a team player. And he just becomes very, like, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, fake native. <laughs> like, he feels very much like someone looked at Native Americans and said, ooh, someone like this should be in the show. Like, in touch with the land and understanding the spirit of, like, growing things. And they just made him shitty, and I hate it. Oh, wow, wow. Strong Tigertron feeling. I was just so disappointed because when he first showed up, I was like, this guy, this guy's gonna be cool. And then he was like, do not step on the flower, for it is the flower that understands how you grow. <laughs> oh and I'm like, God. what the fuck? And he's like, I will not help you. And I'm like, they're fucking dying. And, like, when he really started being, like, a true cat hunts alone. And I'm like, what are, have you met lions, my dude? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I guess I, I see him as just, like, very crunchy granola, like, hippie. Yeah. But he does yeah. have the... But, like, annoying hippie. I guess it's fair. <laughs> he's not around <laughs> long. Um, which I yeah, always forget, he's because not. he's in season one, but then him and Ares are getting abducted by aliens. Which is funny yeah. when you are an alien. Right? It's wild. In Transformers, <laughs> there are other aliens who are bigger and mm-hmm. scarier even than the Transformers. 
Yeah, and most importantly to me, the Transformers did not know about No, them. no, I even looked, because I thought the Vok existed in G1, but I don't think that they do. Um, they get introduced in Beast Wars, and then they exist later, but uh, yeah. the Quintessens exist in G1, and they're creepy too, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're just they're just running an experiment on Earth, which is never actually discussed. Like, it's happening, but they don't say why. Yeah, that's really a key of both the Vok and the Quintessens as aliens and Transformers is, like, they are weirdly beyond understanding. They mm-hmm. don't tell you what they're doing. <laughs> they are yeah. just doing their thing, and you have gotten in their way. Truly, and they're kind of scary about yeah, it. Yeah, they are. So, like... They're the ones who made the Planet Buster Moon, and mm-hmm. the reason for destroying everything is basically, like, the the experiment has been contaminated, so we have to purge it. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's like, yes. oh, a fly landed in my Petri dish, I gotta wash it. <laughs> yeah. Truly, that's all it is. And at one point, uh, they realize that the Maximals and Predacons are actually pretty annoying. They're like, oh, wait, this fly is, like, a biting fly. Let me get someone to help me. And after they've kidnapped uh, Tigertron and Airazor, they send them back with all the powers to defeat everybody. And then the souls of Tigertron and Airazor come into that body and keep it from being able to be controlled by the Vok, which is yet another weird piece of lore. (laughs) That episode is really weird because it's also when Tarantulas gets blown up. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just fully dies up. in that episode. He, dies. he yep. is another one who has like a real death. You don't feel bad for him when he dies. You're like, oh, finally. You don't. It's weird because he's like, I <laughs> fucking hate aliens. The aliens are like, we don't like you either. <laughs> Pretty much. They're like, yeah, we don't like you and we are going to yeah. squish you. But he hates the aliens and is scared of them. And it's for, I mean, for good reason. So that's a quick tarantulas moment um air razor i loved until they essentially nerfed her arc and her character yeah you know i when i was a kid i really liked air razor and then i watched it again and i was like well fuck she doesn't get to do anything no she's kind of around and a little bit quippy and then basically dies and like after in the first episode when a character is introduced they always get to be very badass in that episode which is cool but like Mm -hmm. after that episode all air razor does is get shot down like all the time you're like yeah uh yeah do you even know how to fly i don't think you should do it yeah and the entire time when she she falls in love with tigertron which i had to reconfirm with you because when they did this whole like oh my spark will always find yours i was like wait when did that happen and you were like oh that episode where she rode on his back the whole time it was like Oh, they bonded over loving nature. I thought they were just bonding, but nope, it's a show of the 90s. They're They're in love now. (laughs) And their souls are linked forever. (laughs) Which, yuck. Who else do we need to talk about this core? That's all the main Maximals. I mean, we haven't really talked about Optimus, and he's a perfectly fine character. He's fine. I think that's my problem with all Optimus, is they're always fine. Yeah. You know, like, they don't fall into, like, Power Rangers Red Ranger (laughs) syndrome, where, like, you have to learn how to lead and I hate you, because that's what happens in Power Rangers all the time. But, like, he also doesn't fall into, like, you are truly a charismatic leader. I think, honestly, the most interesting thing about Optimus is knowing what you said about carrying the matrix of leadership. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. You're a good leader. You're trying your best. But he's not particularly, like, lovable. Well, I do think he's interesting in that, like, he was not... 
I mean, they say repeatedly in the beginning, like, this was an exploration mission. He's mm-hmm. he's supposed to be a scientist. He was not ready yeah. for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so he does have a bit of adjustment there. And other than that, he's, like, he's pretty competent most of the time, except as, like, all optimists, he never wants to just get this thing over with <laughs> yeah um he's always like no we gotta go back to base sorry <laughs> like no come on yeah he's like i refuse to just murder someone i need to go home bye <laughs> our goal is to arrest everyone you're like how why come on mm-hmm. yeah so like he's fine so he's fine i i like him as a character i'm just not particularly attached other people like him more than i do yeah i mean that's fine yeah. that's true of every character but in terms of you and me talking he's fine Um, And then there's Depth Charge, who I was also very mad at at the same level as Tigertron, because let me (laughs) tell you something about me. Your girl loves aquariums. Your girl loves aquatic life. You know how some kids see the little mermaid and are like, ooh, I want to be a mermaid and wear pearls and have a fish that's a friend. Ah, that's so fun. No. Your girl is like, what if I was a shark? They're the best predators in the world. Stingrays are cool. They got knives in their tails. <laughs> Have you seen that anemones kill stuff and then there's fish that live with them? That's rad. What if I was a siren and I had big teeth? Like, all the things that people don't like about the ocean are the things I'm fully, like, into. <laughs> like, the football fish, like the lantern fish, they have that little thing, the, the like, lure that pull in other fish and they're like, ha I was actually a monster the whole time. Love them. Love the fact that we haven't seen giant squid in real life. I mean, we've seen them now, but, like, they're always just a little bit dying because they're supposed to be deeper (laughs) in the depths. And that there's a whole world under, like, intense pressure that we barely know anything about. Creepy. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So when they introduced a character that was seafaring, I was like, oh, shit. And when they made him a manta ray, I was like, oh, shit. And then I saw his color scheme. I was like, teal, pink, and yellow? Bitch, sign me the fuck up! And then he was like, I'm a lone ranger with issues and I hate everyone. I was like, how dare you? How dare you give me this perfectly wrapped gift and inside is literal dog shit? How absolutely dare you Transformers Beast Wars I have been watching through three seasons we are in the third season and you're like Kelly here's the bot for you and I'm like thank you and they're like haha it's it's rip off Batman it's dollar store Batman and I'm like fuck you Transformers Beast Wars yeah so uh Deb Charles's story is like he's the detective who was following Rampage's trail and he's the one who went through Colony Omicron and saw everything destroyed well, it was his colony, right? I think so, yeah. And, like... Yeah, it was his, his colony. colony. And it was all destroyed. And so he's on this mission of really vengeance. Not so much justice. Mostly mm-hmm. vengeance. Well, because he pulled in Rampage before. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Like, so he, he was the one him, who bought him in. And, yeah. Uh, then... And he was like, hey, guys, kill him. And all the, the Maximals were like... Eh, no, we just, uh, we're going to do some more science. <laughs> and it didn't go well. Yeah. In the yep. end... Uh, spoilers. Depth Charge stabs Rampage through the spark with a raw Energon yep. shard, and it is the most murdery yep. murder I think I've ever seen in a cartoon. Yep. 
It truly is. And everyone is surprised that it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, it is seared into my brain. It is like, holy mm-hmm. shit. He blows himself up to kill Rampage. Yeah. Whoa. Fully. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but I guess that brings us to the Predacons. Yeah. So we've talked about Megatron. We have touched on Tarantulas, the mad scientist, who is also a spy working with the Tri-Predicus Council behind Megatron's back. Yes. So, like, the Council yes. slipped uh, Tarantulas onto the ship uh, so they could stay informed about what this pirate is doing. Mm-hmm. There's also Waspinator. Who I love. I actually genuinely love Waspinator. Just... So, because Waspinator is just the classic idiot. He's literally always getting destroyed and just, and he speaks in the third person and he's just trying his best all the time. (laughs) really doing his best all the time, Uh, but he gets the most thankless tasks. He's not that smart at all, but Mm -hmm. he just like falls to pieces a lot. Yeah, constantly getting blown up. he never dies. Nope. He, in fact, is the only one left on the planet when they leave. He is, and he's (laughs) finally happy. (laughs) Yeah, and he's fine because he's like Waspinator's being left alone. Great, Waspinator for years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, he's fine. In the first season, there's Pterosaur and Scorpionok. Which I hate Pterosaur just because the way he sounds. Pterosaur is our Starscream stand-in. He's bad. He's just screaming. <laughs> he is just screaming, and he's constantly attempting to betray Megatron. And doing doing bad, looking very badly. <laughs> at so one bad point, at Megatron it. allows him to attempt to lead because he knows he will be so bad at it that it won't last <laughs> and he's correct truly and everyone fully is just like can megatron come back now and he's like uh fuck yep. all right <laughs> yep, yep. uh scorpionok scorpionox is the only actually loyal predacon the only one he is loyal to megatron to a fault and they killed him off screen yep. uh pterosaur and scorpionok both die in the credits as we move into season two mm-hmm. when the planet buster exploded and there was a lot of chaos happening they both fall off their floating hoverboard platforms into the lava because the dark side is in a volcano yes which i did not realize because i was like i had a message you'd be like hey where those yep. two guys go? And you're like, oh, they killed them in the credits. I was like, I hadn't been paying attention to the credits. <laughs> I was just letting it go. We didn't even realize that right away. But, like, my brother was like, where the fuck did my character go? <laughs> we had to, like, figure it out. We're like, <laughs> oh, I'm so, so sorry. They killed him in the credits. Yes. And you even said, which we'll get to, you said to the fact, like, what about Inferno in terms of loyalty? And I'm like, his programming is broken. That's like, fair. <laughs> Scorponok is the only one who chooses to actually be loyal. Even Waspinator every now and again is like, Waspinator be in charge. <laughs> it's like, no. It's true. Waspinator has, like, schemes. He's just not capable of carrying them out. Yeah, he's just very bad at it. But Scorponok is very, very loyal. <laughs> he tries. He's also supposed to be a scientist, but, like, everything he makes is buggy. He's bad at it. Yeah, he's bad at it. Just like Waspinator, he has he has ambition but no skill. So that brings us up to season two, where we get Solar Bolts and Quick Strike, the Fusors. Yes, which are two animals shoved into one, and I hate them. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Quick Strike is a snake and a scorpion, so we get a new scorpion boss. Yes, but he talks like a cowboy, and that I love. <laughs> I love that he talks like a cowboy and never stops talking right. like a cowboy, even though cowboys don't exist. <laughs> The, the spiders mostly use him to their own ends. Yes. And Silverbolt is... Sucks. He sucks. <laughs> if, if Dinobot is Predacon honor, 
Silver Bolts is the most obnoxious yes. maximal chivalry that you can imagine. He monologues all the time and has an entire plot point about how he will never uh, fight Black Arachnia because he won't yeah, hit a woman. Which she takes full advantage of. Which I'm like, <laughs> bitch, are you kidding? It's literally a war. She has Sometimes shot you she multiple you times and you're fun. just like, I will not hurt a female. <laughs> like, fuck off, you fucking dick. Which does bring us to Black Arachnia, who... Is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Best. <laughs> I love her. She's wild. She's always doing whatever the yeah, fuck she she's wants. A, so she is a black widow. Um, and she is a femme fatale character. Mm-hmm. And she really, she has a lot of agency for a female character. Yes. That's the thing is that like, we were talking about this through text, which is the show does not even realize how much agency they have given Black Arachnia because she's constantly telling other characters yeah. that they are taking it away from her. So it's like, it's they've made her so much herself that when she is under attack, you watching it as a person are like, oh, they're like attacking her own personhood, her own ability, like all of this. It's not just like, oh, this doesn't matter. It's like actually really important. Like a whole thing that she and Silver Bolt Silverball falls in love with her. She begrudgingly realizes she likes him as well. And he wants her to become a Maximal so badly. And she continues to tell him, like, I like being who I am. I like being evil. I like being a spider. I like shooting you sometimes. Like, this is who I am, baby. Get on fucking board. And, like, even when she does become a Maximal, she's like, guess what? I might have the good guy programming. I'm still a fucking bitch. And she, I think she actually says, like, I'm still programmed. I'm bad to my core or something like that. But she straight up, it, like, likes who she is, embodies who she is. Even when, like, things like where uh, Tarantulas has taken her mind over, she's like, oh, you're getting <laughs> out of here, you fucking chode. And I don't care if I have to die to do it. Like, it's true. Yeah, she continuously asserts her herself uh, and her own agency and if you try to take it from her she will fuck you up. Yes, and like where Air Razor didn't really get a story, yeah. Black Arachnia gets multiple storylines and I love that for her. Unfortunately, lots of them are under duress, which I don't love for her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean like, bad things happen, but to be fair, I suppose bad things happen to many characters. <laughs> so, yep. So she's not special in that regard. So at least they didn't like single her out for that. So I'm okay with that. But she's she's manipulative. She's always aware of what she's doing. She always puts herself first. And I'm just like, true. She does a good job. Do it well. Like, <laughs> that's how I feel about Black Arachnia. <laughs> she's the other history buff. So it becomes apparent that like a lot of history has been obscured and censored. So a lot of the characters don't know that much about the Great War, but Black Arachnia and Dinobot both do. They've probably done some digging in research Mm -hmm. archives that they weren't supposed to be in. (laughs) (laughs) But so that becomes very relevant in the Starscream episode because she, Starscream, when his spark possesses Waspinator, tells everyone that he died protecting the original Megatron. But Black Arachnia knows that he died betraying the original Megatron. Mm-hmm. So she pretends to be, uh, well, no, she sort of betrays Megatron with him, but 
only so long as it serves her purposes, and then she's out. <laughs> yep. Yep, then she's done. She's done. <laughs> she almost never gets caught. Like, Megatron is always like, I know you're up to something. And she's always like, mm-hmm, can you prove it? Prove it. <laughs> and he's like, I can't. She's like, okay, I'll yeah. go back to my station then, boss. Yes. And she says, like, boss right. with a wink, like, not for long. <laughs> I think that Black Arachne and Megatron have a really interesting relationship because they're both onto each other all the time. Like, I know you know, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally, I know you know, I know. Yeah. It's like, I know you know, I know yes. you know. But do you know? <laughs> they occasionally call each other's bluffs on things. It's a very dangerous relationship mm-hmm. for both of them. Um, but I think the show plays it pretty well. Yeah, they do a really good job. So she's probably my favorite female character in Transformers. There's not a lot to choose from, but... <laughs> yeah, there's two. Literally exactly two. <laughs> There's two in Beast Wars, and then... I mean, she's my favorite even out of the other series. Oh, I'm sorry. You said all of Transformers. My bad. <laughs> all of Transformers. Yeah. So I guess I should put her higher on my list. <laughs> that's okay. I said top three. She's probably a top five, so I get you. I think all that's really left is... We've already talked about X. Yeah, and I think we've mentioned Inferno. Uh, who is fine? He does his job. He is funny. He's okay. He's funny. Sometimes. Calling Megatron queen in my royalty is pretty funny. <laughs> because he's a fire ant. I do love that. I also think that's why he's good at his job. Oh, yeah. He's an ant. So he <laughs> oh, the why he's good job. at his job is he's, he's an ant. <laughs> my favorite part about mm-hmm. him calling Megatron queen in royalty is that Megatron is just like, you know what? Fine. Yeah. There's only one part where he's fine, like, stop it. And that's where he switched to the royalty <laughs> instead of my queen. <laughs> Which I'm like, listen, Megatron has told you his pronouns. Like... <laughs> I would understand if Queen was a non-gendered term for Transformers, but it seems to be gendered, so... But (laughs) you are the least of his problems, so he lets it slide. Yeah, but Inferno routinely blows himself up, too, and while shouting for the royalty. (laughs) Yeah, he's very into the fire thing. Yeah, very kamikaze, which I I think it works. (laughs) Any other... Oh, Dinobot, too. Oh, I don't feel like he counts. (laughs) He does count. He's very important. <laughs> he is very important. And yet again... Dinobot 2 is... Uh, okay, so Megatron has a really unhealthy obsession with Dinobot. Yep. Which you mostly get through the fact that he clones Dinobot on three separate occasions mm-hmm. for three different plans. Yep. The first one is literally a beast clone of Dinobot. Where it's literally velociraptors with guns on them. Oh, that's the that's second, the second one. one. Oh, my bad. Yeah. The, oh, you're right. I forgot. He literally makes a one Dinobot clone who can't transform. Yes. And original Dinobot beats him in beast mode combat and then eats his own clone. That's right. I had... <laughs> wow, I clearly wiped that from my memory. I forgot. <laughs> it's okay. It's an early episode. Yeah. Then he does make the, the raptors with guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he makes Dinobot 2, who is a Transmetal 2 clone with half of Rampage's spark. Which is so bad. You, you cut it's someone's so soul in <laughs> half and put it in a guy you're obsessed with? Hey, dude, I don't want to <laughs> tell you how to live your life. But this is one of those moments where you're really like, oh yeah, it becomes increasingly clear that Megatron is becoming unhinged. It's really gone off the deep end. Mm-hmm. The level of unethical here is just it's, off it's the charts. It's off the charts. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, Dinobot 2 is like this Terminator creature, and he's pretty scary. Very. But at the end, 
spoilers. Mm -hmm. When Rampage is killed, their connection is severed, Mm -hmm. and Dinobot's original programming reasserts itself. Yes. And he says the H word to Megatron. (laughs) Which is him and Zuko. Honor. (laughs) Honor. It's, there's no honor in that. And Megatron's like, what the fuck did he, you just say to me, He actually literally says, you did not just say the word honor to me. <laughs> you did not. And Dynamite's like, uh, no, of course I didn't say that. But then he says it again. Yeah. <laughs> and he fully is like, wait a second. Uh, JK, I did. <laughs> because he cannot actually stop himself. Mm-hmm. But he does... He sends the other Maximals schematics that reveal to them that there is a shuttle inside of the Ark because they've been inside of the Ark this whole time Mm -hmm. and gives them enough time that they can use the shuttle to attack the Nemesis, which Megatron has commandeered and and save everybody's lives and also time. Yep. And I should say for all of those, I don't think we address this. The Ark is the ship that the uh, OG-1 Transformers are on, the ones that actually like are the beginning of Transformers history on Earth. And the Nemesis is the ship that the OG Decepticons used to shoot it down. You're right! You're learning! I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know all the names, but I know all the answers, and I feel <laughs> wild because of that. You're like, I'm a little mad that I know all I'm not, like, mad mad. I'm more just, like, when I can't, like, today Rafe asked me the name of a taco place we used to go to, and I'm like, it's gone. It's replaced with Beast Wars. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, anytime God. I can't remember anything, I'm like, that data was lost to me because of Beast Wars. <laughs> well... I did, I'm just finishing up a rewatch of Transformers Animated, mm-hmm. and I do think you would actually like Animated. That's fair. I so, mean... <laughs> now that you've gone through the trouble of learning all this, <laughs> you might as well just keep going. <laughs> no. <laughs> I watched this whole show for you, and it was amazing and delightful, and I love it. But ultimately, my heart lies with animals and fluff. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. I do think they were like, look, who doesn't love cars? Well, people who like animals. Let's make an animal exactly. show. Exactly. And I think this is why Beast I'm really glad this is your favorite Transformers piece. Um, <laughs> because as we will find in my Discovery episodes, <laughs> when we talk about the cartoon that really like hit me really hard, like I love things that are dumb and colorful. And there's plot there for sure, but there's always a lot of wiggle room or it is very like emotional. So (laughs) for me, ultimately, every time I see a Transformers thing, my brain goes, oh, it was a guy and now it's a car. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) Versus like you show me a part of like a My Little Pony. I'm like, it's a tiny horse with magic. What else does it do? (laughs) That's really funny. I also watched My Little Ponies when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Oh, I know. I watched both. I'm not saying you can't like both. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying like <laughs> the core drivers of us watching cartoons, like the way cartoons had to be gendered, where it's like, oh, there's boy cartoons and girl cartoons. Oh, yeah. I know neither of us believe that, and we've watched across the spectrum. It's just like if you throw glitter at me, I'm like, oh, what's that? And I feel like if someone throws science at you, you go, oh. What's that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was clearly primed from that from an early age and like didn't realize it until later. Yep. <laughs> so again, this yeah, is not that yeah. either of these things are gendered because I would say that you and I are in similar places on the gender spectrum. I just mean that the way that a lot of people think things have to be created, I veer towards magical shit. Like, that's where I go. 
That's fair. My like late nineties were consumed by Beast Wars and Animorphs. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. Animorphs are good though. Like Animorphs, I know that fucking slaps. Like I just, I guess I was just really into things that transformed into animals mm-hmm. fighting wars. Yeah, I mean, wow. In a very science fiction universe. I feel like there's a thesis to the idea of, like, stepping up from Beast Wars, because, like, Beast Wars does have a quiet through line of, like, war is hell, but, like, yeah. Animorphs, it's so loud. It is not <laughs> like, quiet, Animorphs that's is true. Like, Animorphs is JK looking, just being like, I'm rolling away from my desk so I can yell. War is hell! <laughs> it's hell! Don't let children do it unless you want them to be like, hey, I went to hell! Like, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that was my 90s. (laughs) That's what happened. I don't, I know I'm going to feel bad if we forget anybody, but I think that those are the characters. I'm pretty sure we, except, okay, there's one thing that we didn't get, and it's that thing from, uh, person? Ugh, I'm struggling today. Forgive me, audience. That came in the pod... That was broken? Oh, transmutate. Yes. Because I feel like I read somewhere that that might be something that comes back later. But I don't know if it comes back later in other shows. Or it might have been like with the movie news that was announced. I can't remember if oh. it was transmetal or transmutate that they said would be in the movie. But I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Transmutate is a single episode. And it's a really... It's one that like as an adult I'm like, huh. I'm impressed that you tried this. Yeah. It's a little sad to me. It is a sad episode. Mm-hmm. Transmutate is basically just extremely disabled. Mm-hmm. Because his pod is totally wrecked. But he has, like, he can exert a lot of power, but he doesn't really have a lot of control over it. Yes. So the Maximals and the Predacons basically just end up fighting over him. Mm-hmm. And Silverbolt and Rampage, interestingly enough, both bond with transmutants separately but also together so it's a it's an interesting episode Mm -hmm. where they have some interesting ethical discussions yeah and it is sad because transmutate uh explodes at the end yeah ultimately ends up destroying themselves yeah trying to stop silverbolt and rampage and everyone else from fighting over him yes which honestly i think is another one of those like how beast wars says quietly that war is bad you know Yep. And that they fully destroy, and, and Optimus in this episode is actually really interesting to me because he talks about how all life is worthwhile in this episode and worth protecting and making sure it can live well. And then this poor creature essentially does not get to do any of that because they're at war. So it's, it's because they're at war. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's definitely like, I'm with you, like watching it as an adult, I was like, whoa, y'all tried it. And you didn't yeah. fail at it, but you also realized that you couldn't keep this up. So you yep. let this go very quickly. <laughs> but that's the only other character that I think... Oh, also the spy guy. Oh, yeah. Well, we mentioned Ravage. Yeah, that's fine. So we don't need to worry about yeah, that. Ravage cameo. Mm-hmm. He comes back as a Russian spy. Which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. I think it suits him. Yeah, it's a good It's a good one. They, they kind of pretend that he dies, but I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not for a second. No. Just because you see parts of them doesn't mean they're dead. This is Transformers. <laughs> exactly. It's robots in disguise. Second verse is robots who don't die. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was reading a quote recently from one of the creators that was like, unless you see the like grayed out 
corpse. Mm-hmm. They are not dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, plus he survived this long. I can't imagine that he would just be like yeah, really. not. I think they just like leave him on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so the last two categories I think we can go relatively quickly. Okay, well. <laughs> and this one this one is more of like a note because I said wackiness, which is like Okay. We've just talked about all this plot and all these characters that have all this depth, and this show still makes fart jokes with robots. It's so funny. Like, there was a whole episode where I wrote down, like, did they just discover butts? Because they zoom in on Dinobot's <laughs> butt a lot in one particular episode. I'm like, what the fuck, oh. guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that the fart episode? Uh, it's a different one, actually. I think someone oh is messing God. with Dinobot. Um, and he, like, goes out on his own to go sniff at stuff. It's the one where they lose their sight. And in the very beginning of it, oh, like, yeah. he's bending over to do something. And they just keep zooming <laughs> in on his butt while, like, Ratchet <laughs> trips him or something. And I was like, did oh, y'all just man. remember butts are a thing? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. They definitely do have a whole episode, though, where, like, Rhinox gets a virus mm-hmm. and just keeps having gas. Yeah, he keeps farting. <laughs> really funny. Oh, there's another one where he gets another virus and he sneezes. Does he get... No, that's or does the same he sneeze one. in the, the same, same one? one? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. It's farting and sneezing. My bad. Yep. He just keeps uh, Energon discharging. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny, but it's also killing him? <laughs> it is, but it's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, it's totally fine. But, like, there's there's <laughs> gags in this. There's, like, slapstick humor. There's so, like, it's just... For all of that that we just talked about before, in terms of the depth of this show, it's still just very stupid on top. <laughs> It's really funny. I mean, I told you repeatedly, like, one of my favorite things is that Megatron has a rubber ducky because he takes uh, oil baths mm-hmm. and he has, like, this hot tub thing and he has a rubber ducky and he, the show remembers it. <laughs> he will always have a rubber ducky for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. It just appears randomly. Yeah. At one point, somebody calls him when he's in the oil bath and he squeaks the ducky ominously. <laughs> the ducky. Yes. <laughs> They make they make fun of themselves. I mean, they make fun of Cheetor all the time. Mm-hmm. There are are so many little details. Like uh, I was watching one of the episodes last night, and Tarantulas is about to push a button, but he's very gleeful about it, so he like wiggles his fingers before he pushes the button. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you had to animate that yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, also, every time, the time Megatron does double yes, I'm like, that's so stupid. And then every time, which is much, much rarer, I feel like it's it's so rare you should get tokens for it, when Megatron says double no. Oh, because yeah. for those who haven't seen it, Megatron speaks like this. He sounds a little strange, and he's always just a bit ominous. And every time he states a plan that he's excited about, he says, yes. Yes. Every time. He never says yes once. It's always twice. And then every now and again, he's like, oh, I don't believe that that's a good idea. No. No. (laughs) Uh, I love it when he says, I think not. Yeah. (laughs) It's really great. They really put an amazing amount of thought into the show that, like, they really... No one required that of them. No, and they did it anyway, and I kind of love that. So, yeah. yeah. So that's wackiness, but I just figured, like, we should touch on that. Because <laughs> it's a core component of the show, even though it's, like, it's just kind of thrown in there. It feels like icing yeah. between layers of a cake. Like, you have the plot, you've got the characters, and just wackiness is holding them together. Like, as an example of that, 
uh, in the Maximal Command Center, there is a glass sliding door, mm-hmm. and they break it a lot. Yes. <laughs> they break it all the time. And at one point at the end, when they're, like, moving their stuff, I think in the arc, mm-hmm. there's a shot. It's really quick, but there's a shot of, like, a bunch of the glass doors. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Amazing. They do stuff like that where you're like, this tiny little thing that you bothered to put in here just because it's funny. (laughs) Yeah, you just did that and I love them for it. All right, so the last category is shipping because, of course, with a franchise as uh, vast as Transformers, there's gonna be pairings and everything like that. And you've talked to me every now and again about it and I just want to know who you actually ship from the show and why. You must know who I should be. <laughs> I mean, I, of course I know, but I just want others to know. And again, this is like making you read that text where I'm like, this is not me shaming you. I am utterly delighted. And I'm 99.9% sure I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really happy about that. But uh, mm-hmm. Danavod Ratchup is my ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the core of my being. It, I, I don't, I'm not opposed to some of the other ships. Mm-hmm. They're fine. But there are also other ships that I don't care about. <laughs> Uh, like silver bullet and black arachnia is fine i mean it's an incan it's so boring it's so boring but yeah i mean it's they make good jokes sometimes yeah but other than that i don't really care but no dinobot ratchup i mean a character dies in it so like mm-hmm. of course it's my ship because for some reason i always <laughs> ship the ones where someone dies it's really tragic mm-hmm. but um they have some of the best banter mm-hmm. that I can ask for. Their banter is really A+. Plus. Oh, yeah. It is. I agree. <laughs> so, that's great. And then, as you noted, Dinobot dies holding Ratchap's hand. Oh. Which, you know what? To be honest, is more than some, like, canon queer pairings ever given. Truly, though. It really is. <laughs> yeah. So, I will take it. Yeah. It's great. And it's also, like... They have to prove themselves to each other constantly, and they don't yes. put up with each other's shit. So it's right. it's a very strange, lovingly aggressive kind of shit to go for it, which is another reason why I like it. Like, I'm here for it. Uh, for a little while, I thought um, Optimus and Dinobot was an interesting ship. It is a ship that some people do ship, and I've just never really... I think if I found Optimus more interesting, I'd be more into Yeah, I let go of that pretty quickly once I realized uh, the way Dinobot and Rattrap were interacting with each other. I was like, oh no, there is a superior ship here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's fair because in the first few episodes, there's definitely stuff between Dinobot and Optimus mm-hmm. because Dinobot has to basically learn to accept Optimus's authority. Yes. Which is always just going to be shipped. Oh, yeah. Like, it can't be. Uh, but they kind of cool off a little bit because of Ratchap and Dinobot's dynamic, mm-hmm. I think. Because at first, Ratchap is just like, why haven't we shot this guy? Yeah. Because there is absolutely <laughs> no reason for us to trust him. He is going to kill us in our sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Which is an extremely fair read of Dinobot. <laughs> yeah, and Dinobot is pretty much like, if you're not careful, I will actually kill you I in your will. sleep. <laughs> And Rattrap is like, you could try. I got my eye on you, man. (laughs) And they're just, like, so on top of each other Mm -hmm. that, like, eventually they become friends. Mm -hmm. Also, there's an amazing sight gag where Dinobot, when uh, Rattrap gets his transmetal form, Dinobot rides Rattrap. And 
they made it it's not easy like they don't change anyone's size so like Dinobot's knees are up near his chest it looks like an adult trying to ride a children's trike and it is amazing because Dinobot hates it and Rattrap knows he hates it and like he loves it because of that Uh, and he makes it a very uncomfortable ride (laughs) every single time like I think the last time he rode downstairs Yep. Like, it was a lot, yes. it, and it's very, like, wow, this is a good ship. It is a good ship. That was right after uh, the betrayal. Yes. Oh, the betrayal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. In which Ratchap is trying to find a Dinobot he believes has been kidnapped by the Predacons. Yes. Um, they run into each other when Dinobot and Megatron are retrieving the golden disc that Dinobot has hidden. Mm-hmm. And Megatron orders him to kill Ratchap, and he can't He do won't it. do it! He fully won't do it! And you're like, oh no, they love it. each other! <laughs> no, they love each other. Oh no. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I state my case. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, it's probably, I think it's the most popular pairing on AO3 for Beast Wars, mm-hmm. but I am not 100% sure. But um, I'm also, obviously, I think you can't entirely avoid the possibility of Megatron Dinobot, especially as a Oh, precursor. yeah. It feels like a very unhealthy ship because if you think, okay, again, the Transformers Beast Wars gives you all these questions and then gives you answers in ways that are uncomfortable. Because, like, okay, if Megatron was not obsessed with Dinobot. Why does he have Dinobot schematics? And why is Dinobot the only other Transformer that he clones repeatedly? He literally does not clone anyone else. The cloning plots for Megatron are always fucking Dinobot. (laughs) Always. I feel like the other Predacons know this, but they don't want to ask. Yeah, it feels very unhealthy. It feels like an unhealthy obsession and yeah. like woof, yeah <laughs> like y'all had a bad breakup there mm-hmm. and somebody's not over not it. at all like he pretends to be but he's not <laughs> yeah. so i'm perfectly willing to read that that was that they had like planned the theft of the golden disc on cybertron together mm-hmm. and were really into it and everything was going great mm-hmm. until they crash landed on the wrong planet Yes, and it feels, it gives me the same vibes as, like, finally a rival worth me working with or something, you know? Yeah. Like, someone at my level, that's what it feels like, and then for Dinobot to leave makes him feel, like, so, like, but we were on this path, you know? Right. Like, so. how dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Other ships. Obviously, Tarantulas and Black Arachnia have some really weird shit in show. Oh, yeah, that's pure, like... Oh no, it's the word when nobody asked for this. Non con. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. It's a completely non con shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they're never, honestly, I don't even know that it's ever really romantic. I mean, no. Or sexual, I guess. It's just, they have a creator created thing going on. No one likes I it. think it's a little sexual on the side of Tarantulas, though, because when he first makes black arachnia he talks about how beautiful she is well i think he he like maybe was hoping for that <laughs> yeah, yeah no like in the first like he he talks about her beauty and then yeah. uh for the first like four or five episodes is obsessed with how she looks and how he should she should be his and then it turns right. from you should be mine relationship wise to i should just be able to control you like <laughs> right because she doesn't stand for that yeah. really at any point 
Yeah, and she tells him frequently that he disgusts her. Yep. Yeah, like pretty <laughs> emphatically. He's a creep. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's fair. Um, trying to think. Other ships. It's not a very shippy show, to be fair. Like no. Dinobot and uh, Rat Trap is a fucking standout ship to me. <laughs> so happy you've joined me on this <laughs> tiny boat that I've been living on. I mean, listen, I love a rare pair. Usually, when I have a ship at all, it is like, if not rare pair, edging into that territory where there's ten yeah. people who like it, <laughs> and we're all just yelling at each other. <laughs> That's fair. Megatron Optimus is just sort of a standing classic throughout Transformers, but I don't think it works as well in Beast Wars as it does in some of the other shows. Yeah, especially not for this this particular Megatron Optimus, considering that this Megatron fully tries to erase this Optimus from time. Oh, yeah, it's pretty harsh. Yeah, like, (laughs) fully, fully. And they have no moments of, like, clandestine meetings. The only time they ever talk is, like, when they try to broker... A ceasefire because the aliens yes. are there. Like the Vok, is that what they call? Yeah. yeah. When the Vok show up, like that's the only. And even then, Megatron is like, fingers crossed behind my back. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Every time, and like Optimus is fully aware of that. Yeah. But there's only so much you can do about it. Also, I think this is like a very boring, good version of Optimus. You know, mm-hmm. like he's. I. I'm sure there's other Optimuses out there that are a little bit more playful, or a little bit more like questioning of their leadership, or a little bit more like some extra piece. This Optimus yeah. is just good. Like he is a good guy. That's kind of it. Like, That's fair. <laughs> Although there was a line in the episode that I was watching last night where Megatron is like, "Where's your speech about honor and nobility?" And Optimus just punches him in the face. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so he's still getting shit done <laughs> he does get shit done he's definitely like a, a bot of action mm-hmm. really not like super thinky but he just he wants to just hang out and chill yeah he really wants this to be over like he really wants to yeah. go back to cybertron turn in megatron and go back to living his life like it right. it's clear so i think it's hard for me to ship these two because i do also love a good like Two enemies, like enemies to lovers is a fun thing mm. for me, but like uh, here it's just kind of like... Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work for me in this one. I think it works better in the other, like in G1, yeah. for example, because they have literally known each other for millions of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it feels different. Also, like the, on the same side as like this Optimus being just good, this Megatron is very like dedicated and unhinged. <laughs> Yeah, he's real evil. Yeah, <laughs> very evil. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that brings me to the final question that I think will be very, very short. Okay. Is there anything you would want to change or know more about in terms of Beast Wars? Um, I would get rid of Teenager Cheetor. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he sucks. Yeah. Transmetal to Cheetor just just bothers me a lot i don't like him he's gross he's like cheetor in the for those who are listening cheetor goes through three different body changes slash toy lines the first is yep. og cheetor where he is just a cheetah he's just dumb. great and he's just dumb and silly and then he gets transmetal where he becomes blue and yellow and silvery and is a cheetah that's a robot and can fly and he's still the same personality type he's pretty much dumb yeah. yeah he's just dumb he's fine he does his best he feels like a kid brother He's a little bit more grown up, like a little more mature than he is mm-hmm. before that, but not really like inherently different. Yeah, he still feels very younger brother to me. And then his third iteration, 
where he becomes kind of like this weird uh, bio, but also metal wear cat, like very wild cat sort of thing. And he gets really pervy. He does. It's like they decided that the next stage of puberty for him would be to hit on Black Arachnia all the time. All the time. Uh, she's not into it. No. No. Ever. Mm-mm. Which, I mean, she will just shoot you if she's not happy, so, like, yeah, she's fine. But I am like, could you just stop? Like, she's with Silverbolt. Truly. And she even says to him, like, he's busy staring at her ass and shit, and she's like, listen, this body, I could get used to it, but... I think you're a little too little bot for this much girl. Like, fully just like, no. Like, you are a baby. I'm a femme fatale for sure, but get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. You know? And he also is like, he questions Optimus in a new way, where he's very like, you can't tell me what to do. Not just like, oh, Optimus doesn't believe in me. I'm going to go do it myself. No, this is more like, you're a bad leader. And it's like, bro, what? (laughs) I know. Everybody else is just like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's fair. I would say take him out. Anything yeah. you want to know more about? Hmm. Uh, you know, we never do get to see actual Cybertron mm. in this. We, we see the Tri-Predicus Council once, mm-hmm. uh, or twice maybe, but it would be interesting to delve more into what Cybertron is actually like, mm-hmm. or what the like real terms between the Maximals and Predacons are, other than the kind of background testimony that we get Mm -hmm. from only Predacons, really. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Criminals, by the way. Not not even just, like, normal Predacons, but Predacons who have committed a very serious crime. Yeah, so (laughs) So, it's like, uh, are you sure this is a reliable narrator? (laughs) Right. Um, Because even Dinobot, you're like, you did steal the disc and escape with the ship, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you made some choices in your life. Yeah. Truly, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be interesting. I would also, I mean, okay, so I mentioned last time Beast Machines is the sequel, sort of getting to, to what comes next. Mm-hmm. Beast Machines is the sequel series. Mm-hmm. It's weird, as previously discussed. <laughs> it basically sets up like Megatron falls off of their ship and ends up landing on Cybertron before them, oh. like significantly before them. What? Yeah, so by the time they land on Cybertron, Megatron has kind of taken over. It gets really weird. Oh, damn. He's like, yeah, I don't even want to get into it, but it's really weird. So it maybe it would be more interesting to have like a sequel series in which that does not occur. Mm-hmm. There's no like alternate timeline and they, they just like get back to Cybertron and then what happens? Ah, okay. Or like follow these characters in a Cybertronian setting. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting too. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, that's sort of the structure that I have for this. Is there anything that you would like to tell the world about or just talk to me about around this show that I didn't already bring up or ask or anything like that? Uh, I think that's pretty good. I will mention really quickly that voice actor Scott McNeil does, like, half the characters. Yes, that was one... Wraith was watching one episode with me and they looked it up on IMDb and they were like, yo, this is one guy talking to himself. Like... (laughs) He plays Ratchop, Dinobots, mm-hmm. all the Dinobots, Waspinator, and Silverbolt. Yeah. So there's episodes where he literally is just talking to himself. Yep. <laughs> As noted, uh, David Kay plays Megatron and will also later play Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Frank Welker, I don't think, is in it. I, I tried to figure out if he was, and I couldn't find him in anything, and he doesn't even voice 
G1 Megatron when he shows up. Oh, wow. Because uh, they couldn't get him. <laughs> he was too busy. <laughs> so those are just some notes. I don't want to talk about everything in the franchise because we talked about the Transformers franchise last time. But there's Beast Machines. I think more than shows that have come after, Beast Wars just really has a huge impact on the Transformers lore, mm-hmm. which we've already touched on. But some of the characters recur in different like there's a future Black Arachnia and the Waspinator and animated and there are other techno organic characters in other series. Oh. So that's something that like keeps happening. That's fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They have a good time with it later on. Oh, let's see. Japan has its own like beast related series, but I don't know anything about them because oh. they're in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then some of the Beast Wars related like storylines get picked up in the comic books and some of the characters are in the comic books as well. And I don't really want to talk about it, but I guess they're going to make a movie. <laughs> nothing nothing good can possibly come of I it. I so. am delighted for the trash fire that's going to be. <laughs> like I just there's there's no way no way yeah. that movie can do anything for me nope i have to say it's kind of genius the way the animation style looks for beast wars because if you look at it now with our you know sensibilities around 3d animation you're like this looks kind of heinous but it means they get away with a lot like the way the characters look again being directly connected to the toy lines it's great it works perfectly for them in this show I have no idea how you make this work when you're trying to do something live action. It will be nuts. <laughs> It'll have to be like all CGI. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to call it live action, but you're like, no, it's just computer animated to look real. <laughs> yeah, and half of it's going to be bad. Like either the animal half is going to be real. heinous or the robot half is going to be heinous because like a robot doesn't fold into <laughs> a hawk. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Like unless that hawk is literally like you know, four feet tall. Like, so uh, yeah, I don't even want to know. I have, I have no desire to know what plot they could possibly think yeah. would be a good idea. It's not, it's not gonna work because the, I mean, at one point, Megatron is a Tyrannosaurus with jets, like just big old, big circle jets on the side of him, and it's that's like his beast mode. Yeah, that's not his robot <laughs> mode. That's his beast mode. Like at that <laughs> point, at that same point, too, Optimus is a hoverboarding ape. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, his feet are hoverboards, and some of the times... the 90s. Yeah, and when he walks, where he's, like, actual feet, not hoverboards, it is so weird looking. It's so weird looking, and you could get away with it because of this animation style. Trying to make that real? But, no. Mm-mm. That's gonna look weird as hell. Can't wait. And, I mean, I don't know, because the show takes... I mean... Dinobots arc, they begin, it's a season and a half, and they know what they're doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the golden discs, they introduce immediately. Yep. And you're like, this can't even be, I'm not, a, I'm a child, I'm not going to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, it took us forever to really, like, figure out the golden disc situation. Mm-hmm. They follow that thread to the whole show. Truly. Like, how are you going to turn this in? You, you can't do anything in a movie that's going to impress me. No, no, you don't have enough time. It's going to, it's no. going to be trash and I can't wait. I'm just going to be like, okay, let's, let's see how bad they do. <laughs> I feel like they're just running out of ideas, which is really disappointing because there's uh, like so many comics that they could make into movies. Or they'd be like, perfectly good. Honestly, the thing I will have to say that I give Transformers overall is each new thing just takes like a healthy pinch from everything else and then just does its own shit like 
I really admire that, that this is one of the properties that I don't think they're actually in any way really held back by what's come before them. And Beast Wars is kind of the best example of that. It's like, you had established rules. The robots are cars. They got buddies who are human. They fight each other all the time because there's a war. And Beast Wars was like, the robots are animals. There are no people. And they fight each other because somebody lost the war. Like, they just took all those and said, let's flip them. We'll see how that goes. Like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I kind of feel like with any new Transformers piece, I'm like, you have no excuse. Like, do what the fuck ever you want. I know. Like, the it should just be Transformers plots are in disguise. Like, just you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I do... I do hope they do that. And I, I haven't watched all of the Transformers series or even like all of the major ones. Mm-hmm. So, But I think like a lot of the other ones have stuck much closer to Generation 1. Mm-hmm. So I think Beast Wars really deserves credit for being adventurous in what it was doing. Mm-hmm. And really just just adding so much to a lore. Like, <laughs> you didn't have to do all of that. No, and they did it anyway. I love they it. They did it anyway, and a lot of it stuck. Like, mm-hmm. it really, like I said, the spark thing really, like, changed the way that Transformers get presented in the other cartoons, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. You know, and they added, like, a whole religion. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it existed. The Matrix, Matrix of Leadership existed before, but... Mm-hmm. They just added on to it. But that's what I mean. They like just it's, added it's so much. Adding stuff. So when people are like, yeah. oh, we have to do Transformers a certain way. No, you fucking don't. Beast Wars is here. Beast Wars yeah, literally you don't. just planted you don't. its flag. It's a do Transformers however the fuck you want. It'll still fucking yeah. slap. Like <laughs> I know. I do appreciate that. And I wish that, like, I wish more franchises would realize that. Like, just go play. Mm-hmm. You don't know what will happen. Yeah. Go have a good time. Try it out. See, see what goes on. You never know. <laughs> Initially, people were really fussy about Beast Wars, and then people were like, oh, actually, mm-hmm. you you did a good job. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait, this fucking rules. Because I think they yeah. still remembered, like, what it kind of is that people like about Transformers. Yeah, there, as we noted in the last episode, there is no central human characters in Beast Wars. They introduced some proto-humans late, like, really late. They but suck. They aren't, they're still not central characters. Mm-hmm. The robots are always the main characters, yep. and they are developed like characters, mm-hmm. so that's great. Yep. So, I loved it. <laughs> I still love it. I've watched it so many times. I, I really love it in the same way that you would, if you were watching Icarus build his wings, you'd root for him. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love how, just how fucking far they went with this. <laughs> you are gonna make it to the sun man yeah and they they not only made it to the sun but they started to melt in the sun and said what if this were a boat and just reformed the wax <laughs> yep and i love that so yeah i'm i'm very happy i watched this show <laughs> i'm really happy that you just yeah. binged it in like a week <laughs> <laughs> i love you and for anyone listening what happened was uh we discussed doing this uh, Jess sent me again a very lovely guide of what to watch and what not to watch for season one and I just started watching and then I stopped and Jess was sort of like okay when are we gonna do the record I was like mm, next week and you were like okay and then for a week I just texted you as I watched like eight hours like of Beast fire. <laughs> I was like whoa okay I guess this took off yeah I'm the person when you have a group project and you're like okay your work is due in you know at the end of the month and it's like okay and you have check-ins every week and they're like i'm working on it and then like 
a week before they're like, okay, here's everything. Do you mind reviewing this and make sure I didn't make any mistakes? So like, you still have time to review my work, <laughs> but I'm coming in under the wire, baby. <laughs> You did a great job, and I think you liked it. I did. No, I, I have to say, I actually did like it. Like, it was funny. It was engaging. It was wild. I'm someone who really enjoys, if my show has a lot of questions either in it, either don't answer any of them. Don't answer any of them and keep it wild as hell. And be sincere about that. Like, be sincere that it's wild. Like, don't adhere to your own rules. Or answer every single bit of it and make it nuts. And this show answered every single bit of it and made it absolutely nuts. Like, so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so glad. Yeah. That's all I really wanted in life is for one other person <laughs> to watch Beast Wars. <laughs> yes. And now I understand the references. I understand like the different characters. Again, I ship down a bot and rat trap. It's right there. It makes total sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm That's here all the validation you. I needed in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler alert, guys, if you made it this far, wow, good job. Then we'll say uh, what my cartoon is. <laughs> so, next time we will be discussing uh, Thundercats. Thundercats, ho! Ho! <laughs> it has to be two toned. Everybody just says ho, and it's thunder, thunder, thundercats, ho! <laughs> the sound changes. <laughs> That's how we know this one's Kelly. Yep. <laughs> and get ready because I love that show for very different reasons than you love Beast Wars. I really, you have to tell me which episodes to watch. I promise I'm going to do my absolute best to return the favor yeah. of giving you at least some kind of episode guidance. I can okay. guarantee you it's going to be like, okay, you have to watch this, 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 and then just watch a sprinkling of seven others that sound fun to you. Okay, that's fine. Because, I mean, I made you watch, like, three seasons of television. You did, to so. be fair, again, you did not make me. You told me season one, and then I texted you, okay, I'm on this episode. You're like, that's in the middle of season two. I was like, yeah, I'm watching all of them. Okay. I didn't even all skip right. the ones you said to skip. I watched all of them. Well, that's fine then, I guess. Okay. <sighs> Alright, it's a long one, but a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That's all that matters. We enjoyed it. (laughs) That's it. Alright, bye. This show is produced by us, Kelly and Jess. The music we use is sung by Kelly and can only be found here. You can find us on Twitter at podsmrw, all one word. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it on iTunes and leave a review. Thanks for listening.